to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning comes from St. John, chapter 16, verses 12 through 22, and can be found on page 1678 in the Pew Bible. John records, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said, the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Jesus went on to say, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me again. And at this, some of his disciples said to one another, What does he mean by saying, in a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me again, and because I am going to the Father? They kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand. What is he saying? And Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this. So he said to them, Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices, and you will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again, and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. The uh, crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ are more than just a -a once-in-a-lifetime set of experiences. They are unique in all of time and space. And that is what makes the teaching this morning of Jesus in today's gospel such a challenge. You see, we are in the upper room the evening before the crucifixion. 
And Jesus is preparing his disciples for the next few days. And in a few hours, they would be in Gethsemane. And Jesus would soon be arrested and taken before Annas and Caiaphas, the high priest. And then the next morning, Jesus would stand before Pontius Pilate, and he would spend much of the next day on a cross. And in less than 24 hours, Jesus would be dead and buried in a borrowed tomb. And then, on the first day of the next week, Jesus would be bodily rise, he would bodily rise from the dead. Now with our hindsight being 2020, a 2020 historical perspective, we know that all of these things will soon happen to Jesus. And Jesus did in fact know that all of these things would happen. However, the disciples they did not know. Jesus had told his disciples that these things would happen, but the disciples just weren't ready to understand what Jesus had told them. There is a tension. There is a drama that arises from the fact that Jesus must prepare his disciples for the events that they simply can't understand until after they have happened. The Gospel of John brings out this drama and tension as John gives an account of Jesus' words in the upper room. And John the Evangelist dedicates five whole chapters, five whole chapters of his Gospel to those words. And Jesus, in his great love for his disciples, is giving them preparation, and he's, he's giving them comfort for the upcoming ordeal. And even though the disciples don't understand, and even though the disciples would, would endure a terror that they couldn't imagine, and sorrow during these events, and even though the events of the next few days will completely overwhelm them, despite all of that, the words of Jesus will sustain them through this ordeal. The reading that we heard earlier begins at the point where Jesus has told the disciples all, all that they could handle to that point. And he himself starts by saying, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. John 16, 12. And even then, he has words of encouragement for them. Did you hear it? He said, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. And he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. John 16, 
13 and 14. With these words, with these words, Jesus reintroduced the Holy Spirit. And he also told them of a special role that the Holy Spirit would have. And as they witnessed the words and the deeds that they witnessed while they were with Jesus, he's going to unpack it for them in, 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 in Pastor Ken terms. He's going to turn the light on for them. He's going to make it clear. They're going to understand but it'll be after these things have happened. So even though the disciples did not understand Jesus' words at the time, the Holy Spirit will bring those words back to crystal clarity. The Holy Spirit will help the disciples put the pieces together so that they could proclaim this gospel to others. And John the Evangelist himself tells us this, that his disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. That's in John 12, verse 16. It is the work. It is the work of the Holy Spirit to bring these memories back to mind and to enable them to understand. This is very important for all who read the Bible. We would not have the New Testament if the Holy Spirit had not come and helped the disciples. You see, without the Holy Spirit, their thoughts would be confused and their memories would be foggy at best. And with the Holy Spirit, their memories became sharp and accurate, and they understood the teachings, of, the teachings of Jesus. And without the Holy Spirit, there is no way that they could have written what they wrote. But with the Holy Spirit, their writings are the power of God unto salvation. And these words about the Holy Spirit are important in another way. These words tell us how we can discern the true prophet from the false prophet. Did you know that? We got prophets today that are proclaiming things, and this is how we can tell a true prophet from the false prophet. In today's gospel, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will not speak on his own authority that he will take what is mine, Jesus said, and declare it to you, that he will never, ever change what Jesus has already said, and he will only tell us what Jesus has already said. He's not adding things. Did you hear that? Not adding to Scripture. He's not adding to what Jesus said. Now, down through the ages... There have been many false prophets who said that they had a word from the Holy Spirit. Emphasis mine. And even today, you can hear false prophets say, I have a word for you from the Holy Spirit. In today's gospel, Jesus tells us that the Holy Spirit will always and forever agree with the words that we already have in the Holy Bible.
And if someone ever disagrees with the Bible, they are not of the Holy Spirit. They might be under the influence of a different spirit, but it is not the Holy Spirit. And Jesus made it very clear that the Holy Spirit will not tell us anything new. Instead, he will clarify the things that Jesus already said. Can I get an amen? Okay. Martin Luther explained it this way. Good old Martin. He wrote, In this way Christ sets bounds for the message of the Holy Spirit himself. He is not to preach anything new or anything else than Christ and his word. Thus we have a sure guide and a touchstone for judging the false spirits. We can declare that it surely does not indicate the presence of the Holy Spirit when a person proclaims his own thoughts and notions and begins to teach in Christendom something apart from or in addition to what Christ taught. No, that betrays the presence of the loathsome spirit of lies, the devil, of whom Christ declares in John 8, 44, when he lies, he speaks according to his own nature. That is what he himself has fabricated. What have I told you? If your pastor or any other pastor says, I think, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> Run. Doesn't matter what I think. It matters what Scripture says. Amen? From this pulpit, we proclaim Christ and him crucified. Period. We don't add and we don't take away. Now, nothing has changed since Martin Luther preached these words. Our old sinful self still entices us to believe something is true because it feels good. Oh man, that flesh. Well, that's plausible. I like that theory, right? And our culture, our culture tells us to let our feelings be our guide, doesn't it? You deserve a great day today. Have it your way. I blame Burger King for the fall, by the way. The forces of evil are at work. The devil tempts us to constantly search for the next mountaintop experience. And we will do anything and everything to find that. And he will do anything and everything to prevent us from finding the Holy Spirit where he has promised to be. And that is in Holy Scriptures. The main way he does it over and over again when Satan says, did God really say? You've heard that before, right? First time we heard it was in the garden. Today's gospel account continues to remind us of the roles that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit take as they give salvation to us. How? Well, we see the Father sending. We see the Son redeeming. And we see the Holy Spirit declaring. And it is the Holy Spirit's role to declare the salvation that Jesus has earned for us. Jesus said, a little while, 
and you will see me no longer. And a little while after Jesus said these words, Judas actually betrayed him into the hands of the enemy. And then we know that the enemy mocked, tortured, and crucified him. And after he died, his friends laid him in a tomb, and he left their sight. They saw him no longer. And this is the work of Jesus that the disciples did not yet understand. This is also the work of Jesus that earned salvation for all people. He just didn't leave them hanging there. He said later and again, a little while and you will see me. And we know that Jesus did not remain in the tomb. He rose from the dead and he lives forevermore. And the disciples saw him again and the disciples witnessed Jesus as he redeemed the world to God. And the Holy Spirit came to aid, to the aid of these witnesses. And, and he kept their memory sharp and he helped them to understand exactly what they had witnessed. And they were able to place the witness of their testimony into a written form that will be with us forever. And Jesus said this, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit proclaims Christ's salvation. Whenever we hear, whenever we hear the Word of God in its truth and purity, and through that proclamation, the Holy Spirit establishes, the Holy Spirit maintains, and the Holy Spirit strengthens our faith, your faith, my faith, through hearing the Word. And through that faith, the Holy Spirit delivers the gifts that Jesus Christ, our Redeemer, purchased and won for us with His life, with His suffering, with His death, and with his resurrection. The Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son to give us eternal life in the presence of the triune God. And it is through the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit that we say amen. Amen.